Welcome to a supplemental edition to the second episode of Sportsish. This is your host, Chad Shanks, and if you haven't yet listened to the full episode, find episode two, Bobblehead Giveaways Are a Logistical Nightmare, and get the whole story first. But if you've already listened to it and want to hear my full interviews with the subjects from that episode, then you are in the right place. This is my full interview with Lisa Godino, who is the marketing manager for the Houston Rockets from 2011 to 2016. You may notice a slightly more informal tone in this conversation than in the others since Lisa is one of my favorite people in the world, and though we tried to keep it professional, we often just lapsed into reminiscing about the good old days as co-workers. Or, as you'll hear, maybe not all those days were so good. I wanted to interview Lisa for this episode not only because she knows what it takes to get a bobblehead made as well as anyone possibly could, but also because given that she no longer works in sports, I knew she'd provide a very candid and very entertaining account of her time in the bobblehead life. And after you listen, I know you'll agree. So here, without further ado, is my full interview with Lisa Godino. All right, so tell me, how did you get into working for the Rockets? Like, what, what led you to, the, to getting the job with the team? Oh, well, I, I actually, it was a long shot. I got very, very lucky. In sports, you either know someone who works there and they get you in, or um, you're just in the right place at the right time, and that's kind of what happened with me. I um, had gone back to school, just graduated, and decided that's what I wanted to do. So I didn't have another job, uh, completely broke. And I was a part-time street crew member. Um, those people you see at like carnivals, handing out flyers about the team coming up or working the little, uh, pop a shot games. Those are typically college graduates that are trying to get their foot in the door and they're, um, and they call them the street crew. Yeah. Well, every team, you know, gives them something. There's gotta be a better name. Right. But (laughs) it's less like nefarious connotations. Sure, but yeah, they're they're the street teams. So they said, Lisa, come join our street team. Yeah, and you know what's even worse is my very first promotion that I was promoting, or promotion that I'm promoting, (laughs) was the season itself, and we had to go around to like tailgates and hand people these flyers. What is RR? So the answers we got were (laughs) pretty bad. What do you mean? That 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 was like the that was was the big unveiling. Yes. Because we hadn't unveiled the season um, campaign yet. So we were trying to get people excited about it. And, and just tailgates up attention. for what? Tailgates? Um, like college, U of H tailgates. Oh, so I just walked around handing out, out these flyers. Like yes. weird cult-like flyers that these say, girl, A bunch of girls walking question. around. Yeah, what is RR? What do you think RR is? They so you can imagine what s- drunk guys were saying they thought RR was. What were some of them? Do you remember? Red Rocket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that came up uh, a did lot. Did it have the, like the Rockets logo on it? Or no, something? the R was in a, you know the kind of that font that they like to use. Yeah, but it wasn't the logo itself. Okay. Yeah. So this is a brilliant <laughs> right exactly campaign. That was a very Wait, first thing I had to do. For? It was Red Rising. Oh, okay. And did you eventually tell people? And there's no, like, we never did. It was just like, well, we'll unveil it on such and such date. Stay tuned. And everyone just immediately forgets and like I don't care yeah, about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's how I kind of got my foot in the door. I did that as well as, and that's part-time and you get paid minimum wage, so you really can't live off that. So I was able to get on with uh, Houston's soccer team, the Dynamo as well. So I did that for a few months. 
Uh, on and their then I, street team. Yeah, I was, was on their street, street team as well. Was it called street team? <laughs> what were they called? It was in Spanish, though. Like, <laughs> I don't remember the name of that street team, but... So I'm juggling both these jobs part-time and just trying to, you know, get in front of the office's face as much as possible. Just be present. Sign up for anything I could get to. And I was very fortunate because I only had to do this for about two months. And then a full-time position opened up. I was asked to apply for it. And um, I got the job. Whereas there are a lot of other people on the street team that have been there for 10 years. Still working the streets. Still working the streets. Yeah, 10 years later. What was the position, the full-time position? It was a marketing coordinator. And I mean, I honestly was in the right place at the right time. That weekend, I happened to be at the children's fair. And the mascot needed someone to help him, I don't know, hand out balloons or something. And I was at, I had a booth not too far down, you know, promoting rocket stuff. So I go over and I'm helping the mascot. Well, the VP of marketing, at the time he was just the marketing director. He happened to be there with his family. And I recognized him, so I made sure I was extra chipper and extra sweet and smiley to all the little kids. Mm-hmm. Playing and that then, game. Yeah, absolutely. And then on Monday, the marketing coordinator wound up, um, did she, what, she turned in her two weeks notice or something. So they need, yeah. And so they had to find someone else. And he was like, you know what? That girl that was at the thing yesterday, who was working it? I want her to come in. And he listed like a couple other people. Nice. And so what were the responsibilities of the job? At the time, um, it was really weird. We were in a weird transition period because not only was the marketing coordinator leaving, but the marketing manager had actually just gotten on with the Texans as well. So she was going to be gone at the end of that week. So the job itself was really just copywriting, proofing. um, Let's see what else. Copywriting, proofing, and basically just doing whatever the marketing director wanted me to do. Um, but the coffee copywriting itself took up a lot of time. Oh, and I had to manage all of the, um, creative departments schedule. Anytime people needed requests for, I don't know, a new flyer for whatever, or wanted a new logo for some corporate event that we had coming up. They don't just send them all to him. They had to funnel them through someone and someone had to prioritize it and make sure the creative department stayed on track. Um, so that was a big part of my job as well. So when did you get involved with doing the giveaways and being the the point person what how long did it take until that became your responsibility that only well that took about a year because unfortunately right after i got on that season ended and then we went into the lockout and the person that currently handled that job she was in the promotions department um she wound up getting married and left so because we were in the lockout they didn't they weren't going to hire anyone else And I was the last person that got hired. You know what they say, last one in, first one out. Mm -hmm. So I volunteered to take that on. Okay. And that was, it just stayed with me. I I got really lucky, um, had some good ideas. And I, I mean, main thing is I came in under budget and I met every deadline. Had you had any type of experience? None. Other than. (laughs) Like ordering plastic crap for, (laughs) to give out to 10,000 people before? None whatsoever. Um. And it's, there's a lot of planning that goes into it and it's really time consuming. You really do have to be very detail oriented to, cause there's a lot of moving parts to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, that's what I want to get into. These are the things I want to know more about. Um, do, well, do you remember before we get into like step-by-step, mm-hmm. step, do sure. you, do you remember one of 
maybe if not the first, like one of the earliest giveaways you had to do and just what the experience was like, not, you know, trying to do it without any experience. Do you, you know, do you remember any specifics? Um, I don't remember the item, but I remember calling one of my, like just a vendor here in the U S and was like, Hey, you know, <laughs> any chance I could get 10,000 of these by such and such date. And they were just like, that's way too much for us. We can't, or the price was just ridiculous. And they had tacked on extra time. And then one of them, just a nicer person was like, have you tried calling anyone in China? And so that's kind of where the China thing started happening. So then I called them, met a couple of vendors. I don't think at this point that I was talking to any other team and asking them um, help on how to do this. But you were randomly just calling Chinese companies, like uh, just saying, <laughs> can you get me 10,000? Yeah. What whatever. Would it cost? How long does it take? What I did was I looked at some of the old giveaways because sports offices, if you ever work in one, they are just filled with so much crap. Oh, it's a Everybody, museum. yeah, yeah it's absolutely. A museum of giveaways in everyone's office. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I started going to people's offices and looking up which company did it, and looking up the company itself and contacting them. Yeah. Did you tell them, or you just walk into people's offices <laughs> and start going through their shelves and <laughs> just walked in? Yeah, just say don't don't worry about me. Yeah, just rifling through your just have to read your, your dusty toys. crap here. <laughs> All right, so what? All right, so let's let's fast forward. All right, you're you're a pro in doing in doing this, and um, let's say for example, a giveaway's coming up. There or a bobble like there's a bobblehead that's given away. Like okay. walk me back all the steps that it took to. What does it take to get to the point where a fan walks in and they're handed a bobblehead? Like how does how does it even begin? Sure. What's the first step? Oh goodness. Okay. Well, when the season schedule comes out, what we do is we look at. Which game is going to need the most help? Which is the distressed game? Um, and the stress, distressed game is always going to be the game against just somebody, a team that isn't doing well and you know isn't going to do well. And it's like on a Wednesday night. Nobody's going to want to come see, you know, I don't want to name names right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's going to want to go see the Rockets versus so-and-so on a Wednesday night, right? Yeah. People got other things to do. The Nets. Yeah. <laughs> so... On that night, that's when you decide, you know what, this would be a perfect night to give away a bobble. Because people will come just for that little toy. They'll buy the tickets to the seat. Um, so once we've decided what night we're going to have as a bobble night, we then collaborate with tickets and make sure that they, they're on the same page. Because sometimes tickets department thinks that they can still sell out that game even if, it, even if they know it's distressed. Because they'll loop it in with another like group ticket um, promotion. So, you know, they'll do like a five game, you know, every weekday or every Wednesday game, you know, bring the boys out. They'll make it a, you know, guys night special or whatnot. So once ticket tickets agrees that, yeah, maybe that night they can't handle, then okay, we, we've decided that's a bobble night. We then go pitch it to corporate and tell them, hey, who's your top sponsor? Because we only give bobbles to the top sponsors and ask them if they'd be willing to, you know, sponsor this bobble for such and such player. Once that person agrees, then we hit up the player and say, are you cool with having a bobble on such and such night? Players are very rarely ever going to say no, you know? Yeah, it's always kind of flattering, absolutely. I, would, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once all these people have agreed to have a bobble, right, now comes the planning process. 
it takes months to get these in because they are produced in China. They are shipped over on a boat from China. Um, they normally come into LA to that port. And then from there, we've got to ship them to Houston. So it's, and there's a lot of proofing and a couple more approvals along the way. So it can take three months. So let's say season starts, you know, end of October. Very first time you're hoping you have a bobble isn't until December. Because you barely got the schedule, what, in August. And you've got to get approvals going. So you're hoping you don't have anything before December to do. Or, I'm sorry, any bobbles before December. If for some reason you have a bobble, well, not if for some reason, but you're going to do a couple bobbles a season, right? So you got to space them out. Maybe one December, one January, one February, one March. The bobbles that are towards the end of the season, you now have to think about, is the player still going to be here? Come trade time, is he yeah. going to be shipped elsewhere? So that factors in. So if you think he's one that, you know, is kind of iffy, you're going to make him the bobble that's in December, right? Whereas you're... Your player that you're pretty sure isn't going anywhere, you'll schedule him for March. And yeah, there are calls to, you know, the GM before this happens. Like, hey, man, you think so-and-so is still... Like, it's crazy. For a bobble, you're going to call Daryl Moore and be like, so <laughs> I know you really can't tell me what's happening, but would I be pretty safe with going with so-and-so on such-and-such -such date? And he'd be like, yeah, you should be good. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> uh, he, would, he would actually give you that... Yeah. Like, yeah, he should be good. That much of a hint? <laughs> did, well, did you, did you ever get a, <clears throat> maybe you shouldn't do that from him? Yeah. There were times, and I, I specifically wouldn't. I would have my boss call and deal with him. Um, but yeah, there would be times where he'd be like, mm, maybe you move that a little sooner. Okay, done deal. Didn't mean that player was going anywhere. Just meant he was, you know, someone who, none of the chip for Daryl. He wasn't not going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so you get that in, you get your bobble, um, decided on which date. Now. Let's say you're doing this bubble in either February or March. Well, China has Lunar New Year in February. And the entire country, from what I understand <laughs> when I'm ordering, basically shuts down. You can't get a call returned. Um, you can't get anything shipped. If you don't have your bobbles out the door by, like, January 20th, you're done. That bobble is not arriving. Really? Like the whole month? The whole month. Huh. I've actually, you know, I kind of want to go travel down there in February and see what it's really like. But well, maybe, well, that might not be good. Maybe like no restaurants are open maybe. or anything. And I have no idea. But nobody, nobody works. And I mean, I did this for what five years, and every different manufacturer over there that I talked to, if I had anything that I wanted delivered, you know, during February or early, you know, early March, I had to make sure that thing was already in production and approved and shipped out by January or it wasn't really? going to so happen. So that would add, instead of oh, it being gosh. a three-month turnaround, you're looking at a four-month turnaround, yeah. like, in theory. Yeah, so really the beginning of the season is super stressful um, just because you've got so many things going on that maybe aren't due until March, but you're having to work on them now and make sure it gets done. Um, so you've got timelines for, like, all these different bubbles and giveaways because, you know, not only bubbles, but... We did, I don't know, watches and alarm clocks, lunch boxes, all that stuff is coming over from China, you know. Yeah. And are you planning everything at one time? Are all the giveaways planned at once or are they kind of staged out based on, like, if you know, all right, this game two weeks from now is not selling well, let's do a, a quick giveaway or is everything planned before the season? Everything is planned before the season, but you do leave a little bit of wiggle room because... 
there are always times where, you know, something just very organic will happen. Like when we got James and he started doing the little three symbol. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Um, we wound up doing a foam finger of the three and it just, it just worked out like, Hey, he keeps doing this. Everybody's holding up the hand. We've got a game coming up in, you know, a month or so that, that looks like it needs help. I could call and get quotes and see if I can get someone to make this and ship it out to us and promote that. See what happens. So you still, for the most part, you plan everything out, but you do, um, it is possible to have something made, you know, pretty quickly. But for something like a bobblehead, you oh, know, you knew. That, that takes, a, yeah, that takes three months, months three yeah. months, four months, depending on lunar new year, Chinese right. new year, whatever. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit more about how, how you actually come up with the ideas for the bobblehead, like what it, you know, what it actually looks like, because maybe this wasn't the case when you started, mm -hmm. but definitely now it doesn't seem like any teams just give out, Hey, here's a bobblehead of this player. Like it has to be a, you know, a pose that's special or they're in some certain kind of crazy costume or they, they're in, they have a star Wars lightsaber. Like there's all kinds <laughs> of like teams have gotten really creative with the ideas. So, you know, what, what point in the process are you are you pitching these ideas and then getting wh whoever needs to sign off on it? Like, how does that work out? Sure. That all is also still happening at the beginning of the season. Um, <clears throat> if it's something you know the players, like a hu if he's a huge Star Wars fan, well, you know what? Let's try and have a theme night and let's see if we can get his bobble done and do it. At the you do all of that at the beginning of the season. That does not happen later again because you have to get the bobble produced and it takes months to go so everything winds up happening at the beginning of the season it's a very very stressful time but there are no sudden surprises as far as the players pose and whatnot you know it depends on what position he is am i going to have him you know kind of like he's running he's in you know the little defensive stance what's going on there depends on the player itself um and then you think about what is he known for what do people like is it because he always wears these random socks or he always has on a headband that's always really fun okay well we're gonna put one on him maybe we can put a real headband on the guy so you none of this though happens later like it's all every single thing is at the beginning at the time you think about the bubble you've got to go through all that yeah and so were, were you involved with actually pitching the ideas for the bobble if they if they say all right we're gonna do a we're going to do a James Harden bobblehead. Come up with an idea for it. Is it was that your responsibility? Yes, um, but I definitely would let other people chime in and tell me. I'd you know talk to other, other um, by fans. I mean other coworkers that were you know, like super fans. <laughs> um, no, I definitely took advice from others. But yeah, it's ultimately up to me to come up with it. And if it was a really good idea, sure, I'd pitch it as mine. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but no, absolutely. Um, James Harden, we did the, uh, the actual beard Harden. Yeah. With the hair, the actual, yeah, it wasn't human hair. I, I assume. <laughs> or was it animal hair? What kind of hair was it? No, was it, no, it was just synthetic, synthetic thread, but anyway, yeah. it wasn't just like the, the, the painted porcelain or, or whatever the plastic material. It was right. actual hair. You could stroke for his <laughs> beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple of people actually braided it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We could do that. I want to say, I don't know why, but I want to say there was a Patrick Beverly with actual hair. Like on his head? Yeah. Like a little chia pet? Yeah. Patrick Beverly? I, I feel like we did that. Maybe not. You know, you do multiple items and bobbleheads every year, or, you know, every <laughs> season, sorry. 
they all start to like blur together. Um, but the James Harden, the, the, the Harry James Harden was, was interesting because okay. <laughs> I had a call and be like, Hey, <laughs> so I know you can make the bobble. Can we slap a beard on him? An actual beard? Sure. Well, what's it going to look like? What's the texture? Can you send it to me? So I had little samples of fur yeah, sent does... to me from China. So you have, did you have, how many vendors did you have that you would normally work with for a bobblehead? So I had three different vendors, excuse me. And one of the reasons was because I also didn't want to overload them. Um, yeah. Because other teams are using them as well. And it's like, if they even gave me a little like, eh, maybe I think I can make your deadline. They were automatically off my list. Like, okay, no, I don't want, maybe. Like the bobble has to be here. Only once in my entire career did a bobble not make it on time. Which one was it? Um, gosh, which bobble was it? I don't remember which one it was, but it wasn't because of the vendor. It was because there was a strike in the L.A. port. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember? And, I mean, I called and I threatened and I did everything I could up until two days prior. And that's when we had to call it and be like, yeah, it's not happening. It's not going to make it. So they were just stuck on, a like, a shipping container yep. in the port? Yep. So what did you have to do since you did... Oh, people gosh. just get a like a rain check or something to pick it up later or you know how do you handle that situation oh that was such a headache so in that case we you know on all of we uh, put a promotion schedule once we finalized our schedule for the season we'll put it up on uh, on our site and just kind of promote the hell out of it so that we can get people to buy tickets to those particular games and then we can kind of judge what we're how the season's looking from there um, so on every schedule you do put subject to change. So we went ahead and posted on that same giveaway page that, uh, such and such bobble was not going to be happening on that night. No, you don't give people anything back because you originally said subject to change. However, there are a lot of people that don't go on and check that, right? Once you've assumed you've got your ticket for that night, um, that's you, you just show up. So when people got there and were incredibly angry because they got there, you know, say three hours early before doors even open, not tip, but before doors open and drove, you know, whatever, 70 miles from such and such city just to come to this game for such and such bobble. Um, no, it goes very old school at that point. We just took their names and their phone numbers and addresses. And I personally had to call every one of them, apologize for the bobble not arriving oh, wow. and then ship them a bobble. Or if they were coming to another game, I would uh, get them their bobble delivered then. Wow. Well, yeah. That's, that's customer service right there. there. Yeah, it is. No, I, I personally called all of them. And there were really only, I mean, I'm sure there were lots of angry folks. But um, there were probably just 50 that actually went and complained about it and that had to get put on the list. Everyone yeah. else, like, we just, you know, we told them, I'm sorry, it is subject to change. We did post on there that it did change. And you're kind of out of luck. But for those you know, 50 people that will re <laughs> that just refuse to leave or, you know, just stood there complaining the entire time about their, oh gosh, what player was it about their bobble? All right, sir. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. So, so is that the, is the, the moral of that story? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. So we, we should be telling people just complain nonstop. I think most oh, people gosh. seem to already do that. But. <laughs> no, you need to go to a whole nother level. <laughs> Well, so let's go back to, all right, so you have the idea for the Harry James Harden. Yeah. And you have your vendors mm -hmm. and you're reaching out to them and you're asking them, hey, I have this idea. Can you pull it off? Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. then you said, 
they were sending you samples. So what's the process like of actually working with the vendors and going back and forth to make it look the way you want it to look? Um, okay. Well, once we've decided the vendor can handle my delivery and we've decided on the price, um, and he's shipped me his little samples of fur and I've picked out which one I want to go with, then I send the vendor several different pictures of James's face, profile and whatnot. And I tell him, you know, I'm looking for this particular stance and this head. Well, what they usually do is they've already, because they've done so many of these baubles for other teams, they've already got the stance down. So they've already got that mold. And it's just me picking out which one I want. Unless it is something special, like I think we did do one of James, him doing the three or whatnot, you know. Um, so normally the body is not that big of a deal. It's the head that really takes the most time. So you send them pictures of it. They then, you know, within maybe two, three weeks, send you pictures of the little mold. Uh, and I'm not sure what the mold is made out of. I mean, I assume it's like when you were a kid, you know, those little clay, yeah. clay things that you Someone's paint. doing it by hand or they're like 3D printing it or... How you know, I don't know if they're 3D printing it, but I'm guessing it's all by hand because if they were 3D printing it, wouldn't they just print it in color? And yeah, I never so the, saw them. The in examples color. you're seeing are like clay color. Yeah, they're absolutely they're like all brownish clay color. or grayish. No, or something? it's like that stark white. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm assuming it's not 3D printer. Um, but yeah, somebody's making those, and they send me like five different versions of it, and then I'm looking at it and saying, you know what? I think his eyebrows are a little too close together here. He made his nostrils flare too much. His ears protrude a little too much. Um, I don't think his cheekbones are that high. Like. We're looking at everything on these guys. Um, you know, his hairline <laughs> shouldn't be that low. Do this, do that. Uh, so it's a lot of back and forth with that. Um, I'll usually get the creative department involved in this part because since they're photoshopping and looking at these guys, you know, faces just 24-7, they also have a good idea of what, what he looks like. Um, so this take a, takes a few weeks. We get back the aversion we're comfortable with and this is all still just over you know email they'll send me pictures then they start getting into the color once I like the face mold then they'll paint him once they paint him and put him on his little body then I'll have them ship me an actual mold and they're painting they're hand painting it they or? are hand painting it oh wow uh, and I know they are hand painting it because they've sent me pictures, you know, I'll keep up with the vendor and be like, where are we in the process? How's it looking? And they'll send me pictures once it's all, you know, a little further along, once everything's approved. And it'll be pictures of all these little arms laid out and all these little legs and, you know, whatnot. And you see them in the, you know, they're halfway painted or, you know, this many have been painted, this many haven't. Oh, this is in the actual production process. Yeah, in the production oh, process. So those are all hand painted as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything oh, is wow. hand painted. Everything. So that's why it takes so long. Yeah take so long i have no idea how many people are in there working on it but yeah they're those are also all hand painted oh well, i just figured they were no like just putting a machine and cranked out right right not at all oh wow yeah it's crazy because like i said i've seen pictures of their little warehouse and it's really just this like white room with a bunch of tables and all these little body parts on the table <laughs> no people i've never get to see the people that are actually doing the painting but just yeah just little ceramic limbs yep all over out. the place <laughs> but then so they send you the the prototype like yes. the first one they'll send you it and you get to look at it and show it around 
do you go show it to the player at that time for his approval? Because the players have to approve, right, before you can give out anything in their likeness? Or do you not yes. need their approval? Well, you, you get their approval at the beginning to do the bobble. And then just as a courtesy, yeah, you go back and show it to them. Um, this part, again, I say is courtesy because they could be like, eh, I think, I, you know, you should change this or whatnot. It's like, well, dude, do you know how many weeks I've already gone? It's like we're already a month and a half in. Like this is pretty much it. So you really can't change too much. So what, the way we did it is if we knew it was a player who was really cool <laughs> and he was just going to be like, yeah, yeah, it looks good, then no problem. Um, it bit me in the butt one time because <laughs> there was a player who I thought was super cool and I showed him his, it wasn't a bobble, it was his action figure, um, which I thought looked great. And everyone else thought it looked great. And then I show it to the player and he wasn't happy with his hair. I, he didn't like his hairdo. And he I can take refused. a guess. I can take a guess, but are you gonna are you gonna name names? Which I I mean I don't player? know. Can you don't work I? you don't work there anymore. I don't, but the player's still active. <laughs> if it I don't was allowed. If it was a rock, Rockets player from mm-hmm. the era you were there mm-hmm. who was upset about his hair, I'm yeah. gonna assume it's the same guy who coincidentally was the subject of the the last podcast on social media um who we kind of go into quite a bit for getting mad at a portland trailblazers tweet about him shooting an air ball so i'm guessing it's mr parsons ding 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 so so he didn't like the way his hair looked on an action figure my gosh chad what was wrong with it um in his eyes in his eyes it was it was a little too poofy and maybe the um the part wasn't quite right that's all this was and we're talking about an action figure it wasn't actual hair right it wasn't yeah. like the james synthetic beard it's plastic hair like a ken doll and when, so, this is when he had his little faux hawk or whatever that yes it had yeah it came over and it was like a little swoop off to the side and the but the faux hawk wasn't directly in the center so yeah he, he just didn't like it uh, wouldn't approve it. I thought he'd be super cool about it. And gosh, I had to go back and redo it. I don't know how many times to the point to where the vendor was getting upset and was threatening to charge me more because he was like, we might not make your deadline. Yeah. You had to tell and him, you've Mr. Parsons do doesn't like his part. Oh, absolutely. And the vendor's like, I don't know what else I could do. So the vendor, we had to go back to step one where they do the little white mold and he would send me different versions of that. So then I would send that to Chandler. Cause now at this point I really need him to just say yes. Well, he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell. Like, I need to see it in color. And it's like, dude, I, I can't go that far until you approve this part. Like, this is just taking way too long. Like, it's not going to happen. And, of course, he doesn't care if it's not going to happen. But I care. It's messing with my schedule, right? Like, I need it to happen. We've already pitched it to the corporate sponsor. We've already started advertising it. And while, yes, remember I mentioned earlier, you can do the whole subject to change. It's not going to happen. You really don't want to do that. Yeah. So... I asked Chandler finally, like, I don't know what else to do. Like, these are all the stock pictures I have of you. I've even started looking at your, you know, your own media account and pulling pictures from there. You're not happy with either of those. Why don't you send me a picture of what your hair should look like? So the picture Chandler sends me is the one of him with the president standing next to the president. He's like, this, this is my, this is how my hair should look. Standing with Obama? Yeah. And he's like, yep, that's the picture he wanted me to send to the manufacturer in China. He thought and to he looked really good hair. with Obama. That's the day he had perfect hair. And so <laughs> that's the hair he wanted on his action figure. All right, Chandler, no what was, problem. What was different about it than 
to me, it just looked a little shinier. That's all. Like, <laughs> I thought I had already nailed the hairdo. I thought my vendor had just done an excellent job. It was a good-looking action figure. So, send that picture to the vendor. He changes it up slightly. And honestly, the man might not have even changed it up. He might have just sent it out and said, like, okay, here it is again. Finally, Chandler approves it. The baubles, you know, get manufactured. Sorry, the action figures get manufactured. They get sent in. Do you know what he did? The week we're supposed to give away his action figure, we're handing it out, like, say, on a Friday night at a game, or um, probably not a Friday night, on a Thursday night, right? The action figures come in. I take it to him on, like, Tuesday, because they had arrived on Monday. So I go down to their um, after practice, right? They're all, they've all showered up. They've cleaned up. They're coming out of their locker rooms. I'm standing out there. He walks out. His head is shaved. He had just shaved his head the day before. Now, granted, I think he did it for charity. I hope that's what happened. That's the story somebody told me, is I was fuming. Like, what? You wow. shaved your head. How many times did you have me redo this? I almost didn't make my deadline because we didn't get your hair right. In here, the week, we're going to give it out? You shave your head? Well, and then did he look at it and say, I don't like it. I want it to look like my hair looks now. <laughs> Oh, gosh. No, I think he saw my look and was just like, yeah, looks good. And kept walking. And I was just like, what, what happened to your head? Yeah. So that was the only time oh, you ever had any real uh, player pushback uh, no. with anything? Actually, I had another one, which I was really bummed about. So you know how everybody does the gnomes now? Especially if a player has a beard. Yeah, a little garden gnome guy. Yeah, to be a little garden gnome. Well, I was years ago. Now everybody gets their little garden gnome. I'm talking what, two, four, six, six years ago? Maybe, yeah. So I want to do one of James. Um, Cause he already looks kind of gnomey. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's got that perfect beard. It just, it's, it's asking for a gnome, right? So I get it approved, get a corporate sponsor like down for it right so those are the first steps we go through then we go to the player and of course the player's going to be flattered and say yes right not mr harden he did not want to be a no why i even had a picture made um because he turned it down on one year so the next year i was like you know what i'm gonna have one made and just sent to him um because vendors will try and court you so this was a new company that was coming in saying hey why don't you you know swing a little business my way and i was like well show me what you can do here's a project so they made me a little gnome of James. Uh, it's the cutest thing. It's him also doing the little three symbol. Um, he's wearing <laughs> uh, his uniform. They made it kind of look like little overalls. So I take it to James. It's the cutest thing, right? He doesn't like it because uh, it's a little portly. It's got a little belly on it. But, but that's a no, right? It's not actually you. Yeah. It's not this skinny little figure with just a pointy hat. You know, you're not Merlin. So. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't approve it because of that. He's like, the he body doesn't look like me. He wanted to be like, like a me. slender gnome. Yes. The body doesn't look like me. Yeah. I was like, but it's not really supposed to. Like, look how cute this is. People would love it. No. He refused. Refused the gnome. But you hadn't already, like, put it on the schedule or anything. I right? hadn't put it on the schedule, um, but I would pitched it to people. People loved it. Did you already get a sponsor attached to it? Um, I think we did. Yeah, and then you just had to go back to them and said... We James said it made him look fat. <laughs> <laughs> a little chubby. So, yeah, it's not happening, but we'll give you some other James item, you know, on, on that night. But I still have my my chubby, cute little James Harden gnome. 
it's in my sh on my shelf in my closet. Oh wow, like a one of a kind. One of a kind, yeah. Collectible. You're the only person that owns a James Harden gnome. That's right. Wow. I mean, he may have done one now, and actually, I think he. Um, who's that company that does them? There's a company that just sells them in general, gnomes. Gnomes. Yeah, like oh, play, no player idea. gnomes. I think he may let them do his likeness, but. Oh, because they never paid him to. probably. Yeah, exactly. Oh, because because <laughs> and then so you don't pay the players to make a bobblehead of them, right? Mm, it's not just at all. part of their NBA licensing agreement or whatever. Right. Once you're on with the team, we've got your image. So yes. Okay. So well, let me ask about paying for it. So you sure. said part of the deal is you have to make sure that you can get the bobbleheads made within your price. So how I mean, how does that work? You have like a budget for each bobblehead, you have a marketing budget for the year, you have to fit them all in or you just once you get a sponsor attached they just pay for the the cost of it like how does that process work huh. I wish so no it's the marketing budget for the entire year you have a giveaway budget and you've got to make everything work in there so I have a general idea of how much each bobble costs obviously the more bobbles I order that price goes down a little bit but just working off of say typically we did 3,000 every every giveaway so a bobble a good bobble is going to be about anywhere from four fifty to maybe five dollars. Say the Harry James, he was he was at the top of the price yeah. range because of the hair. But and that's your price. That's what you yes. pay to have it manufactured and shipped over and all that yep, stuff. All okay. that stuff. All the molds that are done, everything is included in there. So it's about that much. But I myself, out of my budget, I only paid about three twenty five to three fifty. Whatever our corporate sponsor was, they covered the rest. But we we still paid for the bulk of it. And that would be, was that worked into like greater sponsorship overall agreements or was it something like you took to them and said, do you want to sponsor this bobblehead? Cut us a check for this amount. No, that was already factored in, in their contract initially. Like you're going to do a giveaway. We don't know what your giveaway is, but this is the amount you're going to contribute to it. Okay. And then, so then do they have to approve like where you put their logo and did they like, did they want the, their logo to be bigger than the actual bobblehead? Like, do you have to deal with all those headaches? Oh gosh. Yes and no. That was obviously a concern, right? They're, put, they're putting in their money, but then you remind them you're not paying for the entire thing and you're getting all this promotion on the side for it. Um, so I would send it to them after it was all completed, after it was done. And I'd put their logo on there and there might be times where they'd say, can we have it made a little bit bigger? Well, maybe I'd make it then a little bigger. So I'd purposefully send it to them, you know, a little smaller than <laughs> because I knew they were always going to say that. But luckily for me, I didn't have to deal directly with the sponsor. We had um, what we call our corporate sponsor reps or managers that handle these larger accounts, the clients. And so they're the ones that are supposed to manage their expectations and whatnot. And I would send the picture to that person. I would still send it to them a little smaller than what we would probably go with just because I knew they could send it to their sponsor. The sponsor would say, you know, can you make it bigger? And then they get to, it's a win-win for everybody, right? They get to look good in front of them saying, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to, you know, marketing and marketing, of course, already, you know, I've already got planned to make it a little bigger anyways. So I didn't deal with them. Uh, but yes, corporate, uh, the sponsor did get to give an approval, but it was just on their logo. They didn't have any say in... No, what the player looks like, what he's yeah. wearing, nothing. No, no, or they didn't say, like if you said, all right, you're sponsoring the Chandler Parsons action figure, they couldn't come back and say, but we'd rather sponsor the James Harden bobblehead. Well, so they could. But okay. then that's where, again, the corporate rep comes in and is like, well, you only have a, you know, I don't know, let's say $500,000 sponsorship with the Rockets. 
for such and such years and this other company has you know almost a million for this much so they get the way you determine which sponsor gets which player is it's all it's all about money more more money better better giveaway (laughs) absolutely absolutely so the lower level one gets the like (laughs) schedule magnets or whatever (laughs) yeah that's exactly what would happen so it's a status thing. So Absolutely. You, try, you try to upsell them. Like you want to go from schedule magnets to bobblehead. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta upgrade. Absolutely. Well, so how did um, so I know I've done a little bit of research on how other teams do it, and okay. like so every I know you're speaking from your experience, mm-hmm. but then like other teams will give away ten thousand or the full like full stadium, everyone gets one because right. I know some teams have calculated like the the return on investment on them and say, all right, when we have a bobblehead not only ticket revenue goes up, but um, concessions and merchandise and all that, because people are in the arena early. Like, did the Rockets ever calculate, like, what the ROI was on a bobblehead night? Like, what percentage revenue went up? And if, you know, if that was the case, why not Why not make more bobbleheads? Like, what, what was the thought behind making the number that they did for their giveaways? Honestly, one of the reasons why they would stick to just such a low number is because the Rockets, unlike a bunch of these other teams, actually sell um, all their tickets. You know, Houston's a big oil and gas city. Um, The medical industry here is huge. So a lot of the seats are sold. We don't have that much extra inventory that we need to push on games. But the goal is always to sell out every game, right? So that's where the bobblehead comes in. So... We don't, there's no need for them to, you know, do 10,000. Yes, concessions would probably make more money, but as far as the Rockets are concerned, that's a third party, you know, they're not the ones involved with concessions either. So unless concessions is going to kick them more, there's no need for them to try and help them out to make more. So the team itself never got any cut off of, uh, if concession revenue went up, it all went to Levy? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a future. Ep- that's a so. future sports sports ish episode <laughs> to talk about how convoluted and crazy that is. But yeah. anyway, for for another time. Right, and then it also it kind of devalues the product, right? Because the whole point of bobbles is you know to have something special, and then you were one of the fans that got in early, and you know it kind of shows just what kind of a fan you are. And if you were to give them to everyone, then eh, right? Baseball games do that a lot. Yeah, but they have a lot Baseball more games. Teams. They have a exactly. lot more games, and, um, a lot more tickets to sell. Um, so, all right, so let's go back into our step-by-step. All right, okay. so at this point, you've gone back and forth with vendors. Mm-hmm. You've got the player to approve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one, once you say, okay, approved, start, start the order, and then you just have to sit back and, and wait, do you get updates as they're being made or... I would get updates. I want updates constantly Um, because I want to make sure I am meeting my deadline. I don't need any hiccups along the way. Like I said, only one time did I not get an item produced in enough time, and it was just such a headache. It it just was awful. Um, So, yes, I get updates, and then once they're working on the item, now you have to work on the packaging for the item because the bobble doesn't just come to you, right? You need a nice, cool box because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't even take them out of the box, right, because they're worth more. You keep them in there. So now you're working on that artwork. Um, that obviously doesn't take three months to produce, but then you still have to get the creative department to get in on there, make their box. Um, you get corporate to look at it as well because the corporate sponsor's logo's on there. 
and then you get your manager just in general to look at it the player does not have to look at that like he has no say there so that cuts out one step now you have them working on the box you send that to the manufacturer as well they send you back pictures of it you're making sure they've got you know the right pantone and and everything looks good proofing the box um you know if you you should do a one of these on with a graphic designer because when a graphic designer gets to design a box it's kind of like okay you're part of the team now it's not they don't just give that project to you know the newest guy yeah the team yeah and it's cool because you know they get to keep their work and all these people will keep their work for forever and you know it stays it stays there a lot of people just rip open packages right but not bubble boxes you keep those yeah it's definitely part of the experience mm -hmm, absolutely and so then you said it's a, about three months mm -hmm. for all of them to be made and shipped over and then what what happens once all right a giant truck full of <laughs> 3000 bobbleheads has just arrived like what do you have to do exactly so the box the you know truck comes in with all of them well the problem with arena is while they're huge they have other events going on besides just the sports team right yeah. so we don't have you know this giant storage closet there where we can put stuff or if we do it's probably not going to be able to stay there for say two weeks before or you know in the case where the bobble had to be shipped in january because we're not giving it out till march 1st and we don't want lunar new year to you know change our plans in that case we can't have these you know massive boxes sitting around for six weeks so now we've got to decide we've got to go outside hire um, some storage company and Oh, and sign a contract with them and do security because make sure none of them, none of those bobbles walk off. Because even in our own arena, when I was able to store bobbles there, they they would wander. I would be missing a box or two. Like a whole box? Like how many came in a box? Yeah, it was 24 per box. And so you'd go count your boxes and be one short and you have no idea what happened? Yes, that would happen quite a few times. Did you ever catch anyone? Or I never caught it? anyone. They put cameras on them? So they're down there if they were able to come in say two days before a game i would be you know i'd sweet talk our little loading dock manager and you know if you let me keep them down here and you keep an eye on them i'll you know slip a bobble your way <laughs> so <laughs> of course he would because the employees don't get them right we didn't buy tickets so if you can also get a bobble like yeah why not I, you, I so you didn't, you didn't just go around like a, Santa the, Claus. the Johnny Appleseed <laughs> of bobbleheads, just throwing the new bobbles yeah. to all the staff? You get a bobble, you get a bobble. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I would kind of schmooze with the loading dock manager, and he'd let me say, if it was just two days, he'd let me store them down there. But he'd always tell me, you know, I'm not here 24-7, and the camera angle, it... you don't, I mean, when you look at these bobbles, it's pallets and pallets of them. The camera cannot cover that entire section. Yeah. And the people that obviously took them know which knew which areas, you know, the cameras didn't go to or and it might not even have been people that worked there. We've got lots of third party people that come in and make deliveries, um, road crews from concerts that came in. Maybe they didn't have a lot of stuff going on, so I could use that loading dock, but they're all around yeah. wandering. You know, so they've like got the their own boxes. The Chili Peppers road crew was coming in there and just... <laughs> Making off with James Harden bobbleheads. I mean, you see that on the side, and uh, yeah, the box says it. James Harden bobbleheads. You know, Chandler Parsons action figures. It says it right there on the side. So yeah, people see that. Nobody's looking. Yeah, why not? I mean, let me take these because hey, you can sell them, right? Yeah. If well, you did you ever check on eBay? E did you ever check eBay and say, hmm, well, here's a lot of forty <laughs> of the same bobbleheads that just went missing. 
Or were they were the thieves more stealth than that? Uh, definitely more stealth than that. And honestly, once they're gone, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not following up anymore. I'm not going to go chase after yeah. this guy, you know, press charges. So what you're saying is steel bobbleheads <laughs> <laughs> from the rockets. There are no repercussions. We're not going to come after you. <laughs> so the bobbles come in. They're delivered, right? Hopefully, I timed it perfectly to where I own, they arrive two days prior to my game. Um, if not, I'm shipping them off site. So I got to work out delivery to, you know, that storage unit. And then on the day of the game, ship them back in. Now what I'm doing is I am giving the numbers to our promotions manager and letting her know, Hey, this is the number we have to give away. Um, remember how I said it was 3000. Sometimes it's not quite exactly 3000. This is what we have to give away. And then she's figuring out, well, okay, how does it, how is it not 3000? Well, Let's say for my first ones, uh, remember I was new to this. We were giving away 3,000 baubles, that's what I ordered. Well then turns out departments, while we don't give them to every employee, if a department wants to order some and give them to their employee as, you know, I don't know, and it's some sort of prize for doing well that week, or corporate or ticket sales likes to order extra so they can give out to clients who have just signed on, um, or maybe to sweeten the deal for something, um, the numbers will go up. But my very first few times, I didn't know this, so I ordered my 3,000. And then here come all these people going, hey, well, we'd like to take a couple, and we'd like to do this, and we'll cut in on it. Or the player himself would like a few boxes. Um, well, and this, so they just come down the day, the day they're giving out and say, hey, give me 50 bobbleheads for my friends and family? That's pretty much what would happen, yeah. And you can't tell the player right no. no sorry you can't <laughs> i'm only using your likeness to sell these tickets and whatnot no you cannot have any you got to give it to them right so sometimes that number would fluctuate a little or a box would walk off right so that number isn't exactly right was there an asterisk on the uh marketing promotions or anything and say first three thousand did that did that say subject to change as well or <laughs> i mean it didn't say subject to change it say three thousand we ordered we planned on three thousand for the game so yeah, you know, it's a... Uh... <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> sometimes it might be a little bit lower, but this was at the beginning. Towards the end, I got smart. I started padding the numbers a little more because um, I knew the hey, the owner's coming in on this day and he's also going to want a box. Uh, the president, even though I would send out an email saying, hey, I'm going to do a bobble on this day. I'm planning on ordering. You have a week to decide if you'd like to order any for your department. Let me know. Most departments would get back to me and give me their orders. The only department that didn't was the department that always would want bubbles, and the one, the one department you can't say no to. B-ball ops. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those guys get everything they want. Uh-huh. And they're used to not paying for it. So, yeah. They, they, they didn't. And I would just have to tack on another 3000 take that out of my own budget, and put that on there. I'd have to... Um, the play the baubles that I would give the player, I would always kind of budget to give them. I wouldn't give them fifty; I'd give them forty-eight, right? Because twenty-four per box. So I'd give them two boxes. I'd tack that on to the corporate sponsor's order. Um, you get creative with where you can. <laughs> <laughs> Just you're fudging the bobblehead books to make it all kind of even out. To make it all even out. Um, but so now the baubles have come in. I give the promotions department the number of how many boxes we actually have not bobbleheads themselves not that count but how many boxes of 24 baubles we have because then what they're doing 
is they know which stores in the arena have more traffic and they're spacing them out around the arena because the goal is to run out of bobbles at the exact same time from every entrance, right? Because you can't walk in from the main arena and have, you know, say you stood out there for five hours, right? Because you want this bobble. And let's say you Is that an over-exaggeration? Or would people really line up that early? Maybe not five hours, but definitely three hours before doors open. And doors would open, what, an hour and a half before tip? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, you're looking at four hours. Wow. Yeah, so five isn't too much of a stretch. People might have walked by and seen, no, you know, there's no one here yet. Let me go down here and get some food and come back. So, no, I don't think that's unheard of, unreasonable, but I never saw anything like that. Definitely... I could definitely say three hours before doors open that there would there would be a line already. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. So you're trying to make sure all the entrances will run out at the same time. Right, because let's say that guy that's, you know, been there for three hours walks in through the main entrance, and by the time he gets to the front, there are no more baubles. We're like, sorry, we ran out. Well, how is that, how is that you know, the case? He's like, there were only this many people, you know, ahead of me. Well, because we've got bobbles at every door. People are coming in from every entrance. The guy just says, okay, well, I guess I didn't make it in time, right? And then what does he do? Does he go straight down to his seat and sit there? No, he's there, you know, an hour before the game, before tip-off. So he's going to walk around the arena. Well, when he walks around the arena, he's going to pass another entrance, and here this entrance is still handing out bobbles to people coming in. That's not fair, and and, it makes sense for him, and I would get really angry. So then he's going to go up to the people at those doors and say, hey, I just walked in from such and such door. They ran out. Can you give me one? Well, now it's just causing commotion there because you don't know, did he have one? Did he hand it off to somebody? Is it under his jacket? You can't ask him. Yeah. (laughs) Pat him down there. I think you've already got one. Um, So the promotions manager on the day of a bobble brings in extra staff. This is, she brings in the street team people. The street team. Yep. The street team people definitely come in on bobbled night. And not only them, we'll get some sort of uh, charity or some school group to come in to hand out bobbles. Um... I would slave labor for these bobbleheads? <laughs> Not quite. You know, teams throughout the year would call me up and say, you know, we're saving money for whatever, some intramural game, league we're trying to travel to. Can you make a donation? Well, I can't make a donation, but if you come on such and such night, bring this many students and just hand out bobbles so you're only working for an hour max, not even that long. It never took that long to get rid of all those bobbles. Um, I will pay you $500. I'll give that to your organization. And so they would come in. So they'll come in and do that. I would meet with the teams, give them the spiel. You know, you don't hand these out to employees. You don't hand them to anyone coming in behind you. You don't get to keep one. And you only hand out one per person. I don't care if somebody comes up to you, you know, (laughs) and says, my grandma's back there in her wheelchair. She can't, you know, scoot up to the front fast enough. Can you give me one for her? No, grandma does not get one. She has to be present. And someone comes up to you holding five tickets and says, I've got five baubles. No, sorry. It's just one per person because I know you're just going to go off and sell those other ones. Um, so I give them that little speech. The promotion manager manager would then pro, um, space them around the arena. Most entrances to the arena have what, like 10 doors per entrance. Maybe the main one has 10 doors per entrance. The one that's the second most, you know, used probably just like eight third is five doors. And then, I don't know if you remember our fourth entrance was that Skybridge mm-hmm. up on top from the parking garage. And that was just like four doors itself. So she'd space the people around and then she'd put street crew people with them to kind of manage. 
and then she'd have runners because again we're trying to make sure the bubbles all run out at the exact same time so everybody's on their walkies and you're just constantly giving a count and on bubble night I would even have to come out um, because she'd need a manager there as well because you know somebody's gonna complain somebody's gonna throw a fit when they run out somebody's gonna come and be like I've been here for this long I counted there were only this many people in front of you and you have to explain to them as well yes but there's several different entrances and we're just completely out of bubbles um, so you're just constantly giving an update. As soon as doors open and people start coming through, okay, I'm down to five boxes. I'm down to six. This other entrance might have still have 20 going because let's say a lot of people didn't go through that door. Okay, well now you've got to move those 20 and shift them around because we're just trying to time it to where everything runs out at the exact same time. So you're just doing like live supply chain yep. updates and moving things around and yeah. would someone just, someone just has a dolly with mm -hmm. them at all times and just running through the arena. Running to, through the arena with these to boxes. Give out bobbles. Yeah. And he'd have two people because you didn't want anybody going, hey, there he goes, you know, and follow him. Yeah, just <laughs> tackle him. <laughs> right. <laughs> someone to guard, someone to run, someone to block. Yep. Well, did you ever have, were there ever any instances of um, commotion where people were stamped, like going Black Friday on the, to get bobbleheads? So we did, and it was not pretty. Uh, this one particular game, I don't know what happened. Our second most popular entrance, I guess there was an accident or something along the street, which we couldn't see, but for some reason, people weren't really coming through. But we knew it was the second most used entrance, so we just left the bobbles there thinking, well, something's happening, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the other doors are starting to run through. Well, we get called saying, we're out. We're like, well, what do you mean you're out? We're at the front door. I thought you said you had this many left. No, we didn't. You know, sometimes the walkies, it's a little fuzzy to understand what's going on. So you're out. Well, now what? I've still got this many boxes. I can't now then run them to that door because what's happened? We haven't, like, shut down the doors and not let anybody in. We've let people come through without bobbles. So we can't then bring two boxes and be like, okay, well, you guys that came in earlier don't get them, but these guys that are coming in now do. So we just packed up those boxes that we had left. It was probably, like, about 12 but 12 boxes, 24 bubbles per box, so it's quite a few. We packed them up, our dolly couldn't hold all of them, so now we're holding boxes walking through the arena. So people start following us, going, wait, oh. so are we getting them? So yeah, they came around, you know the layout of the arena, I mean, I know people listening, I don't think they can picture this, but we go into this vestibule that then leads to where the employee offices are, and there's just a giant crowd outside the vestibule that looks into the arena, and they're like, are you going to give those to us? What's happening? Like, you've got the boxes right there. We followed you over from the doors. We came out and we're like, sorry, you know, can't do that. Uh, had to get security involved. It was like, people, you just have to keep going. They're like, there's bobbles in there. Like, we're so the like, next ones like out. Zombies. You have them. It's oh, like right, zombies yeah. attracted to brains. <laughs> just following you around. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think... There's such an appeal? Yeah, why do people go so crazy over these things? You know, um... Again, because there aren't that many of them, right? And it is a collector's item. I mean, people still collect baseball cards. To me, that's amazing. Like, people still have those. You think people, it's just the the monetary value associated with them? Or is it no, sentimental? No, I think it's sentimental. Yeah. I absolutely think it's sentimental. Because the monetary thing, you're going to sell it to someone who wants it, right, for sentimental value, right? So someone who didn't get to go to the game and get one. And that's their favorite player or whatever or yeah so they're gonna pay whatever for it no I think it's all sentimental do you have any things 
did you ever get any giveaways from before you started working for sports? Something that you still have that's sentimental yes. to you? Um, I have a, well, I'm, you know, born and raised in Houston. So I have always been a fan of the Rockets. Um, a Moochie Norris bobble. And I was just a huge fan of Mario Ellie's. Huge. To the point to where when he came around, because um, we had a couple of signing events with him and he would show up. I couldn't even speak. I would just kind of stand in the back and, you know, just like, no, I don't trust myself. Uh, yeah, I had a Mario Ellie bobblehead that um, one game, I think it was a weekend game, I, you know, came in, like, regular clothes. I think I came to the game with a friend. I didn't work it, it because I knew he was going to be there and he was going to be outside signing. And so I brought, because as an employee, we can't go up to them and be like, hey, can you sign this? Or we're not supposed to, right? That's yeah. not really professional. You know, we all know people that do it, mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to. So I came as a fan, came in through the main door just like everybody else, but I got in early and had him sign my uh, my bubble of his. Oh, so, so, yeah, I absolutely do have that. So even being inundated with bobbleheads <laughs> in your everyday life, there's still one that it was still yeah that was meaningful. You know, I remember as a kid, and you know, those were the championship years. No, I wanted, I wanted him to sign my bobble. So, but um, so apart from the the horde of zombies mm -hmm. following you, never any, no one ever got injured trying to oh gosh get bobbleheads or anything like that. Um. Not from bobbleheads. You know what I'm surprised that nobody gets injured with is we still do the ball drop every now and then. A lot of teams still do that. During one of the breaks, you'll drop little basketballs oh, on little yeah. parachutes from the ceiling, and people are reaching for them. And, you know, the way the arena is set up, I'm surprised. Just like in baseball, people fall over the wall. Yeah, you know? they do it at the <laughs> yeah, Rangers game. I know. Yeah. yeah, so I'm surprised we haven't had injuries from that. But uh, knock on wood, no, nothing ever happened. Um, so do you have... a? Do you have a favorite of anything that you ever produced or one that got the most, you know, good publicity? Because I'm mm -hmm. sure, I mean, it has to feel good to you to see, you know, people tweeting about how much they love the bobblehead that you made or um, there's all kinds of lists online, like best bobbleheads. Yeah. I mean, you have to take some pride in that. Is there, that which, what of your work that uh, has <laughs> given you the most, the most pride? Um, two items. One of them, uh, again, was a throwback item. It was a Clyde Drexler that we did, and we put him on a little pedestal, a little gold pedestal, and we had his signature put on the bobble as well. Um, so that one looked the best, and again, it was from the championship year, so everybody loved it. I personally loved it. Um, that was one of my favorites. My second one is one a lot of people, well, didn't know about, but they certainly do now. Um, it was a bobble. And we made it for Chris Paul, but we made it for him before he was even a rocket. So back in like... It's for the free agency yeah. pitch, which maybe is another good episode to talk about in the future. How Everything how ela yeah, how elaborate <laughs> NBA teams are in um, the free agency recruiting meetings. Because I think with the, our entire marketing department would be caught up and involved in making things. And mm -hmm. it, it was insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so... Back in like 2012, they were, I think it was 2012, they first went after him. And so, you know, let's give him a bauble so that when he comes in, he can see himself in the uniform and whatnot. Okay, great. Well, he used to bring his son to every interview. This was when little Chris was still really little and uh, super cute. Not that he's not still now, but you know what I mean? The little boy would come and he'd be under the table and saying stuff and the mic and whatnot. So I thought, well, why don't we put little Chris next to him too? Like, how cute would that be? And so everybody's like, all right, that sounds good. So I have the bobble made. The vendor 
actually said, hey, uh, well, I'll save that for uh, towards the end of the story. So the vendor makes the bobble, right? Chris Paul with little Chris on it together. They send me a sample and this has to be a quick turnaround, right? We've only got like a month going here. So they send me the sample and because it's just one, yes, it could get done. Um, I love it. So I tell them, okay, make me another, another one. I think I asked for another two. He makes me another two, sends them to me. I give them to the GM who then presents them to Chris Paul. Well, you never know what happens. I mean, well, we know Chris Paul didn't join the Rockets at that point, right? So yeah. I don't know what he did with the bobble. As far as I know, he threw it away until he gets actually picked up by the Rockets this year, right? He comes over and I still don't think anything of it. Then the ESPN article comes out where he talks about how when he got the call saying, yeah, I'll definitely come with you guys and okay, contract's done, you're officially a Rocket. He's FaceTiming, I think, with Daryl and he shows the bobble. He had kept it all those years. Oh, wow. Yeah, he showed it to them. And so in the ESPN article, they had a picture of the bobble, right? I'm like, that's my bobble. I have that because you know what? That first one that they sent, I kept because I always got a sample. Of course, they don't mention it. (laughs) There was no thanks to Lisa Godino for making this happen. No, not at all. So I've got the bobble, but the bobble that they showed on ESPN was Chris in his uniform, number three, right? Because he's remained that. Little Chris, also wearing number three jersey. That is not the bobble that I have. That is not the original. In the original, I remember when I had the vendor make it, he's like, well, what do you want me to put Little Chris in? Like, is he going to stand next to him in what? In regular clothes? And I was like, well, no, you know what? Let's go ahead and put him in a uniform too. And he's like, okay, do you want him to have the same number? Like he's wearing his dad's jersey? And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense because on the back of the jersey, I actually put Little Chris. I didn't put Paul. So, um... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did put Paul, but at the bottom of the jersey on the base, you know how you, uh, on the base of the bobble, how you put the players' names. It said Chris and little Chris. Um, he was like, what if we make it one and a half? Because he's the little one, the, you know, half of him. And I was like, that's perfect. So the original bobble has Chris Paul wearing a number three jersey, little Chris wearing one and a half. So what happened? I'm there? guessing they photoshopped it and put a three, Why you know, in the actual picture. It? I don't know, because it's him and his son, and why would his son be wearing a different jersey, maybe? I, I have no idea. That's what I'm guessing happened, but I know when I saw that article, I was reading it, and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, that's my bobble. He kept it all these years, and I have the other one. Like, how exciting is that, right? How cool is that? But then I actually looked at the picture, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not it. <laughs> yeah, that's what... There's a lot of things like that once you're... You know how things work behind the scenes, and then you see them on social media or whatever and people are eating it up and you're like yeah that's not that's not real (laughs) there's there's so much stuff in sports that isn't real the thing that we're getting way off topic here but the thing that always uh well i again i'm just using this interview to plug future episodes i'm Uh gonna do a future episode on the in arena entertainment and like jumbotrons and all that kind of stuff and like how much of that stuff that we know is faked yeah. And that people still eat it up. Like, oh, look at this guy, this Usher. Uh, oh, like I was the, about to talk about that dancing. story. Yes. And um, everyone's like, and they're so crazy. It's so crazy. And some people, of course, have caught on to it. But uh-huh. the amount of people that don't instantly realize, yeah, he's a plant. Right. Like, this absolutely. Is not, this is not real. Like, that guy didn't just reject that girl's, or that girl didn't just reject that guy's proposal by dumping beer on him. Like, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't happen. Right. That kiss camera where you got, you know, that wasn't really your boyfriend, but you're like, oh, why not? Let me just make out with you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring up the Usher thing. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I had this girl who's not even a sports fan, but because it got picked up, right, it got put on television everywhere, 
she was like, hey, I saw that. How funny was that Usher? And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't an actual Usher. If you really look at it, he's not even wearing a name tag. Like, if you're going to commit, come on. Yeah. You really need to. <laughs> but I guess in their defense, we know uh, we know lightsabers and Yoda aren't real and we still <laughs> enjoy it. So it's just, if it's entertaining, I guess that's the whole point. Anyway, yeah. we're getting way off topic here. One thing I forgot to ask you mm -hmm. was, so when the bobbleheads arrive, like yes. you get the big shipment. Do you have to like open the boxes and make sure like they didn't arrive um, broken or like the the Red Sox had that issue where David Ortiz's lips weren't right. painted and he looked like the um, you know the old racist caricature? Mm -hmm. um, did you have any instances like that where you opened the box and found something was screwed up? Yes, um, I mean like with any product, right? You want to make sure what you're going to hand out is is what you ordered. So out of every pallet, right? Um, I would pull two boxes, not of every palette, I'm sorry, but I would do at least 20 boxes of bobbles, right? Of 24 or whatever item I ordered. I would open those up and then out from inside each box, I would pull out at least three items and open them up very carefully so as not to damage the package and just make sure it was what we ordered. One bobble, I don't remember which one it was, but for some reason, and I never used this vendor again after that, it wasn't completely painted like let's say behind his elbow under his arm or the inside part of his arm you know because his arm is kind of a, against his hip the inside part wasn't painted so it was still and remember i said they're all like a white clay mold yes yeah, so, so yeah that. it's this guy and it's very obvious that and it, it looks patches. like he has that disease or you know that condition where you know oh, yeah, yeah. Skin changes color. yeah. It, it was just like that on several baubles several of them to the point to where they just rushed it and did a yeah absolutely job. and i didn't use this vendor again but it was yeah i think it was because we had so many changes to it that they they were they they were worried about making the deadline was this a chandler parsons <laughs> 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 it was not um but what wound up happening is we had to open every single box so again the street team got involved street team yep street team people came in they opened every single box very carefully and those baubles are packed in styrofoam and wrapped in bubble wrap oh, right yeah. and the styrofoam always kind of disintegrates yep. every time you take it out yes it does so that was happening opened every box everyone that and we're inspecting them now um and everyone that had a little patch that was missing, we just pull off to the side. And what wound up happening was our creative department, those guys had to stay, I think, overnight. They had to go to the store, find the right skin tone, you know, the right Pantone color and everything, bring it in and hand paint it themselves. And then just leave the little bobbles out overnight to dry and then repack and everything. Like they had to check over 3,000 yeah. and paint them all by hand. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Fortunately for and us. You said the street team was helping. With the street too. team helped. And I think a couple of them helped stayed and helped paint. Um, but yeah, we had to open every single box, check every bobble, and it it didn't wind up being as many as we thought. Um, I mean, it definitely wasn't anywhere near 3,000. It wasn't even 1,000, but still, you know, let's say it was 700. That's still a lot to that's, go through. Yeah. And again, we only got them a few days before. And that's just out of the fear of having... Like we've seen what happens when bobbleheads go bad, mm -hmm. you know, and how much Absolutely. social media hate they get. Did you ever have any, not just bobbleheads or any giveaway that people just didn't like or didn't go over as well as you thought? Um, I had a, an, a giveaway that didn't work, but I was really lucky. Um, I feel like I was very aware of what 
just stereotypes in general, <laughs> what things could look like and what, how it may come across. And so I was really lucky. I don't think I had anything that was controversial, but I did have a giveaway that didn't work and I was so bummed about it. We did a glow-in-the-dark foam finger, which sounds like an awesome idea. Foam fingers came in. I tested them, you know, before the product worked. The guy sends me, you know, 10,000 of them. And when they arrive, we open up the boxes again, just check them, make sure everything's good. Well, they don't work because they've been packed in boxes. They've been, you know, in the dark for however long it took to ship them here from China. So now it's like, oh, well, what's going to happen tomorrow when I hand them out that, you know, we advertised glow in the dark foam fingers. So now we call the street team in again and street we team. opened up every single box, laid out every single foam finger. We closed down like an entire wing of the arena. <laughs> Luckily for us, there wasn't a concert happening within like those two days prior to the game. Laid out every single foam finger uh, to try and get it to charge, right? Grab some lighting. Yeah, because they have to absorb light yes. first in order to In order to work, yeah. Glow. Totally forgot about that part. So yeah. <laughs> got them going. Then we repacked them in boxes because we have to hand them out of the doors. What, are we just going to leave them out and have somebody just come out and grab them, you know, to this wing? No. So we then we have to repack them in boxes, take them to the doors, pass them out. All right, here we are. It's about to be tip-off, so we're getting intros done. All the lights go off in the arena but they don't completely go off, do they? Because there's still a screen going. There's, you know, those the fire shooter things. Uh, emergency lights. Yeah, absolutely. So there was just too much ambient lighting going on to where you still couldn't see the glow in the dark. So I don't think they absolutely failed. They did not work there. Now, once you took it home and you put it up in your room, yeah, sure. The next night you saw that it glowed. Oh, cool. But mm, didn't work that night. Yeah, not but I doubt room. anyone was, would gripe about that the way they would if a... A bobblehead look you know the face right. will be angled and stuff like that like people people seem to just hold the bobbleheads to a really high standard of, they do you know, this doesn't look like him at all you're like well idiot it's a we paid four dollars for it to be made in china and given away for free <laughs> like it's it's not a madame tussaud statue yeah i don't think i had any do you i mean i don't know you saw some of mine were there any that didn't look like who they should have uh, i'm trying to think of which ones you did during my my stay there. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, I think there were problems with the Dwight Superman one, right? Didn't he come out like a little yellowy? Like the skin didn't oh, match? Oh, yeah. Maybe that, yeah. Or well, in the most part, they're pretty good. Um, all right, so I know we've taken a lot of your time just kind of in in summary. Well, mm -hmm. like what When you think back on your time, um, specifically doing this job being okay. with the giveaways and stuff, like okay. what what is what's your your best memory f from it or what you know what what do you take away positively from that from that experience hmm. um you know it, it's i definitely developed some really good relationships with vendors and i like the fact that i know i did a good job because i had a couple people even because i would also deal with vendors here in the u.s that kept my ideas and they were like, we're going to use it. I probably should have patented those things, but yeah. And so they didn't now give you a cut? they didn't give me a cut, but they have it in their um, brochure and they sell it to other teams now. So I'm like, you know what? I did come up with some good ideas. And you know, when I still go to games every now and then I'll still see people walking around wearing some of the, like the Dwight Howard, the cape. Remember when he was Superman? Well, uh, we ordered kids capes. I meant those to be for little kids. So I ordered 10,000 of them. I remember which sponsor did it. It was the little red rockets, like silky mm -hmm. cape. I, I sold that, pitched that as like a children's cape. 
But we gave them to every person that walked in, right? The first 10,000 that walked in the door. Yeah. Adults still wear that cape and come in. Like, that's cool to see your stuff and how people keep it. Um, I had a vendor who, he would actually come see me from China. Um, maybe once, once a year. And we'd, we'd go have lunch and talk and I got to know about him and his family. You know, that's still pretty cool. Um, <laughs> even, you know, it's the Chandler Parsons thing. Even that's funny. Like I have that memory. I'm like, I have the picture of <laughs> Chandler <laughs> the and Obama. And Obama and the man shaved his head. <laughs> yeah. right before his giveaway. I have to I have to put something in the full episode about <laughs> this is we're not intentionally just this podcast isn't a series that just takes a dump on Chandler Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> just coincidence. Yeah. Well, what about what was your least favorite part or something that maybe like a misconception about the job that the general fan doesn't realize when they when they just when you know when they're complaining about they're not getting their bobblehead or the bobblehead not looking exactly like them. Like, is there anything that you think people just don't understand about what it was like to be responsible for that? Um, you know what? Exactly that, that it was a lot of pressure. I told you I had one bobblehead that didn't make it. And that was one of the reasons why I called every person personally. And, you know, just, I'm so sorry. I will ship it to you. Yes. I am eating the fee for shipping it. Um, you don't have to drive up here, uh, you know, although I did print on there, subject to change, and we did go online and post it on there, and I even suggested to tickets or whatnot that we send out an email. I think we may have sent an e-blast to whoever had an email, you know, on file who yeah, had purchased think, a ticket. Did that, do yeah. You, yeah, do you remember that? I think we yeah. even said that and said, hey, there would not be a bobble this night, but people didn't read it, and it was too soon, and it's... There's a lot of pressure. So when people complain about it, yeah, you do take it to heart. You're like, dude, I'm sorry. I know you want to keep this for forever and it's not to your expectation, but do you know just how many moving parts there are on there? And yeah, you do, you do feel bad. Like I personally just was like, oh, it's not happening. I'm telling you, I, my gosh, I threatened how many people? You know? <laughs> and I promised like to name my firstborn after, you know, I think the dog guy, yeah, you know, in LA was like, could you just let this one shipment through? What can I do? I mean, like, stayed up at night. Like, can I fly down there and have our own people like take them out? Can we do this? No. Yeah. That was huge. I really look at that, you know, in my, my entire career. I'm like, oh my gosh, I failed. I failed. I did not get these baubles on time. Yeah. But how because many, how many dozens of uh did you get on time with all the oh everything all else. the moving parts that came along everything else you know oh you know what is rough um the other thing that people when we do t-shirt night during playoffs and you place a t-shirt on every seat oh yeah i remember that nightmare you remember that like people are just like oh okay cool we got a shirt and when they don't want to put it on you're like dude you don't understand what all we went through to get those shirts here put on the damn and time, shirt. yeah put it on <laughs> And why are they all extra large? Can't we have sizes? I don't want to wear it. It's too big. Excuse me. I ordered 80, you know, 1,000, this many blank, blank, blank shirts. Yeah. Got them here on time. Do you know within like a four-day period, do you know what that took? We had a, I, I threatened someone else was like, 
I'm going to go to the media about you. Another guy, I was like, I don't care. Call, get a police escort. But you have those here within, you know, the next 40 minutes. We're about to open doors. Like, yeah, because you're going to t-shirt vendors and saying. Oh, I just sound awful now, need, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> like, we need 25,000 t-shirts printed in two days. Yeah, but that's just it. It wasn't even 25,000. It was the entire arena. How many seats were there in the arena? Over 81. Is there's that many seats? I thought it was 80. No. You're yeah. talking about in, the, in Toyota Center? Yeah. I thought it was like 20,000 no. for basketball seating. There's no way it's 80,000. That's like Texan Stadium. Was it? Anyway, the, no, the, the general public doesn't care about how yeah. many seats there are in there. But anyway, they, yeah. But they should know that we. there were several times employees were thinking about pushing each other over the <laughs> over the rails because of how stressful that whole thing was. When everyone had tons of shit they had to be doing for playoffs, and they're like, everyone needs to stop what they're doing and come drape t-shirts over the the seats. Yeah, and make sure they're draped properly, right? No wrinkles. Um, don't sweat all over them. But let's come out here and haul boxes up and down these tiny little steps in a poorly lit arena <laughs> because we're not going to turn on all the lights yeah. right now, right? We're saving money here. And you in your high heels and you wearing your tie, get out here and start laying shirts. You know, we the game's opening soon. We're, the yeah. shirts didn't get delivered early enough. They're coming in, you know, two hours prior, so we've just got to blanket this. Yeah, just so the, the local reporters will tweet out a picture of, right, of, the... of it, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes before the doors open. Mm -hmm. And the first, like, 100 people in get to see how how nice it looks. Like, oh, look, the seats, mm -hmm. the seats which are already red, are a different <laughs> shade of red. <laughs> now, it did look cool. Once you get done, it did look pretty cool. But, yeah, at, at what cost? Yeah. And maybe that's the whole thing. <laughs> That's that was your whole, whole point existence like, in general. Like, yeah, the bobblehead looks cool, and you have a great memory, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. Oh god, <laughs> couple of gray hairs, <laughs> some endless or sleepless nights, a lot of stress. Hence, I'm no longer in the sports industry. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. I went to a job where I absolutely like. Once I leave, I leave. I do not. Oh my gosh. You know what it was like to be on call 24-7. Yeah. I got calls on Sunday morning. Hey, you know what? We should put an ad in the paper about blah, 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 blah. Make it happen. Tomorrow's newspaper? Yeah, I would call my vendors on weekends. I had all of their cell phone numbers. Yeah, so they hated the hell out of you. They hated the hell out of me, but I was I was an awesome employee. <laughs> <laughs> but bob the bobblehead life isn't for everyone. It is not for everyone. <laughs> and there's a lot. Y'all keep appreciating those things. There's a lot that goes into it. All right, that's a good that's as good a spot as any to close to just make the listeners feel bad about themselves. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, and thank you to Lisa for talking with me. If you'd like to tell her what a badass she is, her Twitter handle is at lxgadino. You can follow me at Chad J Shanks. Be sure to check out my other full interviews from Bobblehead Experts and subscribe so you won't miss the next sportsish episode. Well, that's it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>